What could be a better creative gift for building a bridge between the arts and the medical and nursing communities than a musical based on the life of Florence Nightingale? Let's talk all about the new musical Nightingale right here on this special Nurses Week celebration bonus episode of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is all about you, your personal and professional development, your career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and maybe even musical theater. I love having you along for the ride, and I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being a part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And here's a very, very special request. If you find value in this podcast, please consider becoming a valued patron over at patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. You know, creating more than 300 podcast episodes and continuing to add to that archive incurs many costs and your support means a lot. So right now in 2021, I am asking 100 regular listeners of the Nurse Keith Show to pledge $2 a month for a year. It's less than the cost of buying me a cup of coffee and you can rest assured that the show contains no caffeine and no sugar just lots of audio awesomeness for you. You can always pledge more and get some great premiums and gifts in return, but $2 would also just be awesome. So head over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith to sign up and show your support for the show. Anyway, the show notes for this episode, which you're going to want to check out for sure, will be at nursekeith.com forward slash Nightingale. And happy, happy beginning of Nurses Week 2021. I am welcoming new friends of the pod, Pamela Gurky and Kate Thompson to the show. And Pam and Kate, there's so much to talk about. And the first question is going to be for Pam. And Pam, what led you to the world of Florence Nightingale and wanting to write a musical about her life? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I was reading a book uh, by another person who had met Florence Nightingale when she was a young woman in the 19th century. And the author was so struck by this intelligent, charismatic, lovely young woman who hadn't yet become famous and, and just knew she was something special. And when I read it, it was like something kind of rang inside me, like, who is this woman? I was so curious. And I, of course, had read juvenile biographies of her, but I started reading adult biographies about her, and there's several excellent ones. And I got immediately thought this would make a great musical because I'm a composer and writer of musicals. So I started researching her life, and I, I think uh, she's really calling to me from the beyond. She has so much charisma that... Uh, I'm just kind of a big fan of hers, and I've just got excited about writing about her. Right. And did you have any connection with nursing, you know, the nursing profession before this happened, or was this serendipity? Just serendipity. I've, I have some relatives who are nurses, but uh, no, it was it was more about her being this powerful woman who was so different in her time and made a huge difference in the world. And the biographies that I read, I was so fascinated with 
she is something a lot more than you read about in these cute little juvenile biographies. She is this massive presence and intelligence and had so many effects. It's not just about nursing either. Mm -hmm. And, And that was what really struck me is how women can often be defined in a narrow way, like, oh, the sweet nurse. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and so mm-hmm. much more. Oh, good. That's I love that. That's really, that's a great characterization. And Kate Thompson, you're, you're a nurse and you're an expressive arts practitioner. And you and I have had a really great conversation prior to this. And you're, you're really into story, the power of story and storytelling. And Obviously, you know, as an expressive arts practitioner, the arts is part of the healing work that you do, and you have training as a nurse. So you kind of marry all this stuff together. You're not a playwright or a composer per se like Pam, but you bring something else really special to the table. So how did the notion of a musical about Nightingale come into your orbit? Like, where did this happen and how did you and Pam then kind of combine forces. Thanks, Keith. And thanks for having us here today. It's really a a privilege and an honor to be here celebrating nurses today and with this beautiful gift of your show and this incredible film that's forthcoming. Um, Pam and I are old friends and I've been to many of her musical events. And she, of course, knew I was a nurse and kept telling me I'm writing this musical of Florence Nightingale. I'm just, I can't stop doing it. I'm just, I'm so passionate. I'm, I'm living and breathing it day in, day out. And um, so, and then eventually she did a staged reading. And then she said, maybe we need to have a nonprofit because there's so many needs in the field of healthcare um, regarding um, that, where the arts are missing. Because the, we have, we're in a creativity crisis, and, uh, and we have been for many, many years. And so mm-hmm. she said, let's create a nonprofit called Hearts, Arts and Health, Hearts, um, artsandhealth.org. And um, she did that, and I'm on the board. I'm, I'm sure Pam can better tell you about how we, how we started by really launching what happened with Nightingale, but it's, it's a, such a gift. This, this program, this musical is such a gift, and I'm delighted to be a part of it. Hmm. Thank you. And Pam, what do you feel like the gift is? What, what is the gift you're giving? Uh, the gift is inspiration. You know, nurses work so hard. I know this. And I know that they're not, you know, they're never really given enough power or voice or often enough pay. And they, they're the ones who are right there with the patient. And so the gift is to inspire them to feel like here is a role model for you. This is your foremother. Florence Nightingale mm-hmm. and patron saint. Exactly. Yeah. And this is, and so be uplifted by her example of a woman who spoke truth to power, who wasn't mm-hmm. afraid to speak up against the ways, because I know 
what I know from my nursing friends and contacts is, you know, it's really hard to speak up in your work situation and say, this isn't mm-hmm. right, or I, I don't like how this is going. And yet Florence gives us the inspiration to be, be stand in your power and speak your truth. And that's the, mm-hmm. I think that's the ultimate gift. And also we hope it's a gift for inspiring a new generation of nurses to, you know, go to nursing school. Maybe the young people might be inspired by her example as well to come into the profession. That's a really good goal. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And Kate, um, in light of the pandemic, we can't avoid the historic moment in which we find ourselves, right? 14-ish, 15-ish months into the pandemic. Um. Where do you see this film and its potential reverberations landing in terms of nurturing nurses and maybe feeding into a bigger vision? How do you see it playing a role at this, you know, it's a pretty pivotal time. This key question, Keith, yes. Uh, it, well, it feels to me like because this is such an inspirational story and it's so beautifully done, um, it's exquisite. Mm-hmm. My friend and I were watching a piece of it. He's not a nurse. He was crying and I was sitting there with goosebumps. So it's it's one of those things where you don't have those experiences as a nurse. And we haven't had the opportunity to receive back from our public or from our institutions very well. I mean, you know, we often mm-hmm. get a coffee cup or something at Nurses Week uh, and or some other form of recognition. But it, it, there is, yes, the, the recognition is, is very small in, in comparison. And that's not why we came into nursing. Uh, but at the same no. time, it feels darn good when we, do, when we do get recognized. And I think this film is, is some of that. And I think it's also a catalyst for stories because I think it's going to prompt stories, especially when listened to or observed uh, with um, other nurses. And I, um, I feel like, especially during this pandemic, I mean, we've been building, you know, knowing that nursing, we, we advocate for our patients, but we don't necessarily routinely advocate back to our profession. We're busy, we're tired. We don't necessarily do that. But I think that this film is, can be a catalyst to that voice of nursing where we are advocating for our patients, but each of us, as we think of our practices, we, th- we think, how can I also advocate for my profession? How can I be mm. something bigger, just like she was? Mm-hmm. How can I step into larger shoes, even with holding some kind of a vista in front of me so I can see the future and, and my role in the world in a way in which I can be a greater part, just like Florence was. Mm. Well, that's a very passionate statement, Kate. And Pam, you wanted to jump in with something. When we did some uh, performances around the Seattle area in 2020, before we got mm-hmm. shut down by the pandemic, of course. Right. We, you, this was a staged production. Yes, a live yeah. stage production in the Seattle area. And we mm-hmm. have a group of researchers who conducted interviews with several people who had seen the play and asked them about their responses to it and trying to gauge uh, qualitative uh, data about 
their response. And these nurses had these personal experiences that were touched by the musical. Mm. Like they saw a scene of this and that made them think about their own work and reflect on their work. So we're hoping that this film will be an inspiration in the terms of reflecting upon your own work as a nurse and your own life and be be morally um, nurtured by this, you know, mm-hmm. uplifted and, and really in a spiritual way. That's what it really is. Yeah. And speaking of self-nurturance and then, Kate, a few moments ago, you were talking about about effectiveness out in the world, you know, speaking up and or summoning the power to speak up, right? To speak truth to power. Tell us a little bit about this notion of nurse self-efficacy that is one of your touchstones. Thanks, Keith. It's it's a it's a new newer phrase to me. I, I just found it mm-hmm. oh in some article somewhere where someone was talking about they had a picture of a woman they didn't know on their wall and they were a student and they, you know, did okay. But then it was during the elections and they put up a picture of Hillary Clinton and it was like everything started changing. Things started mo- falling mm. into place for them. So in, mm. in self-efficacy, it's a basically it's kind of a, a cognitive theory uh, thing where um, where it helps us. It's basically saying it's it's helping us t- to grow in our own ability. How do we grow in our own ability? And some of it is through things like. Um, um, being vicariously experiencing something like as if as in the film also it's in things like measuring our cognitive strength or um uh another and through other role models so and i know that so many nurses have felt that time where their voice was ineffective we need this doctor and no one no one hears and so mm-hmm. I feel like that that this right now this is a pivotal time for nurses. We're we're still wounded. All the systems are wounded, and and they heal from the inside out. And so this the self-efficacy, the raising of the voice, is a part in which can help bring us together. Especially if we have one of our lenses on the field of nursing, and the and the other on mm-hmm. ourself, so that we can hmm. continue to hold them. Yeah, that's sort of macro micro, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Pam, you know, music has a way of touching people in a way that other forms of arts don't. You know, we have we have dance, we have music, we have literature, poetry, you know, um, there's so many different forms of art, visual art, sculpture. Music and musicals have a certain cultural cachet and power. I mean, look at Hamilton, look at, you know, all the different musicals that have really made an impact on culture for, you know, many, over many generations, you know, they're often not generationally bound, right? If you look back back to Oklahoma or the Music Man or something, I mean, they, or the Sound of Music or the Wizard of Oz, like it all kind of carries through. So Nightingale has the potential to do that too, because she's a timeless figure. And you've provided us with two clips, two 
audio clips, obviously, because this is an audio podcast, not a visual podcast, though we will have the trailer for the film embedded in the show notes where people can watch it if they would like to, or they can go to your website. Would you like to set us up for the first clip and tell us what it's about and and what it means to you? Uh, yes. So this comes from the opening scene. Uh, it's The song is called Florence Nightingale. Um, we start the film with a Zoom, online Zoom class in history of nursing. So uh, all the ens- ensemble of actors are all nursing students. And we literally recorded the first part on Zoom. And uh, the teacher is telling about the history of Nightingale and and you get a feeling of how the nurses are still meeting these same challenges. Uh, mm. The nursing professor says, you know, nursing is hard, you know, and but we just still have to just keep knowing why we're doing it and keep moving forward. And so then this film segues uh, into the 19th century and now the ensemble are all people on the train platform waiting for Florence Nightingale to come back from the Crimean War. And they're like her Mm. fan club. She was hugely Uh famous. She was maybe the most famous woman in all of the world at that moment. And they're all waiting for her. And Florence slips by unseen because she does not want to deal with this uh, accolades. Uh, So here's the, the crowd is all singing about, oh, she's coming. We're so excited. Great. So let's take a moment to hear a clip from the song Florence Nightingale from the musical Nightingale by Pamela Gerke and Kate Thompson. And we'll be right back to chat about it right after the clip. Well, thank you. That's so beautiful and so moving and inspirational and sets the scene for who she is and what the repercussions are of her notoriety and, but more, more than her notoriety, her accomplishments, right? Yeah. So Kate, what, what do you see for contemporary nurses vis-a-vis how Florence became such a touchstone for so many people at of at this moment in time historically what's the meaning of that of of a nurse have being so big in the public eye well i th- i think keith you're speaking to something of of it's almost because we're not in the public eye. I mean, we are the number one trusted professional for i think it's eighteen years mm-hmm. now in the Gallup polls, and yet People don't still don't know what it is that we do. And but everybody pretty much knows who Florence Nightingale is, even if you're not a nurse. Uh, and in these last two years or many months of this pandemic, I think, especially at a time, you know, where again all of our systems are dysfunctional, or educational, financial, and healthcare. And um, this pandemic, you know, hit hard. And I feel like that this film at this time is um, 
it's a balm. Mm. It's a balm and it's a place where it's like somebody did something for us that, so that we can be seen and we can remember who we are mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. whole. And I think because we're not looking at the field as a whole very much. I mean, I'm, I'm certain that certain people are because we're all in different medical institutions and different practices and in such varied, complex ways. And so, um, but it is a time where, where we've also been celebrating. And it started in 2020. It's the year of the nurse and the and the and the midwife, and then we carried it over, and it's still the year of the mm-hmm. nurse. So that's never happened. Mm-hmm. We've never had the focus come on to us, and and nurses are beginning to take the stage more and more through their own entrepreneurship and their own groups, and do more social media, and the voices are being raised and heard, and and we still have a long way to go. Wow. Thanks for that. That's a very powerful statement. And with that, we're going to take a really quick break and then come back and dive dive into this again. And what you foresee for the film, we're going to hear a clip from another song, Kiss Her Shadow, and wrap up by talking a little bit more about the work you all are doing singularly and collectively. And any other thoughts you might have about what this film is going to mean to people. So we'll be right back for part two of this special bonus Nurses Week celebration episode of The Nurse Keith Show. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of this special bonus Nurses Week celebration episode here at the Nurse Keith Show. Remember, the show notes are going to be located at nursekeith.com forward slash the word nightingale. And we're here again with friends of the pod, Pamela Gurky and Kate Thompson. And it's great having you both here. And we've been talking about this new film, Nightingale, and we wanted to make sure we clarified right off the bat that for Nurses Week this week, the trailer is being released. 
the film itself is going to be released sometime in this summer, summer of 2021, which is still Year of the Nurse because the WHO extended Year of the Nurse and Midwife through 2021, right, Kate? It might be the American Nurses Association who did. I'm not sure. Sorry. I think the World Health Organization was somewhere behind this. Um, I'm pretty sure they can they can call me up if they want to <laughs> um, give me a hard time about it, but they're probably not listening. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so the film will be out this summer. We'll make sure to splash it all across the Nurse Keith Nation and all the different platforms where we are. So you'll hear about it. It'll be in the newsletter, it'll be on social media. But the the trailer's coming out. And for those of you who were lucky enough to see it live on stage in Seattle in early 2020, good for you, um, before the pandemic shut everything down. And so as we move into Nurses Week and beyond, and we move through 2021 towards 2022, at some point finishing the second year of the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> um, boy, we could have used Florence now, right? Um, well, they could have used her in 1918 too, I bet. Um, they probably were lamenting she wasn't around. But Kate, what do you foresee for the profession in terms of that notion of being seen and recognized and speaking up and being able to, let's say, leverage the experience of the pandemic in the profession's favor, which also means leveraging it for the public and the citizenry at large. How can we do that? Well, I think this is, you said a key word there, Keith, you said the word citizen. And I think it's, okay. I know you did a podcast about it, but the, but the words nurse and citizen don't often go together. There, you feel like a good citizen. I mean, I felt like a good citizen when I advocate for my patient, and I might, but you know, butt mm -hmm. up against the system and say something that's not and people don't want to hear. And yet, there are so many other places that nurses can be, voices can be heard right now. Um, I mean, in the. As we move through the hierarchy in our own systems and do our best to find equal footing with using our voices, there are other, all the other issues that we're all going home and voting on or marching for or signing a petition for, things like climate action, racial justice, um, um, and pu mm -hmm. public health. Uh, population health. I mean, we're, we've just got such disparities right now in our healthcare amongst our our humanity, and it's really. I mean, mm -hmm. we we have the opportunity to be more of a voice for our humanity, and to help bring that heart mm -hmm. that we know how to bring and how to bring that care, because we know how to do that better than anyone. Yes, very good points. So, and I think this film is such a catalyst for that. And especially if we, you gather up with others and share it with others and have discussions, which we can talk about a bit, but about it with others. And mm -hmm. yeah, being, being a citizen might mean, you know, it means voting. It means, you know, taking part uh, civically in society. It could mean running for Congress or school board or running for mayor. Maybe uh, there are several 
nurse members of Congress, not many. There's a lot of physicians in Congress in the Senate, but there's not many nurses. So be really wonderful to see a vice president who's a nurse someday, you know, um, or a speaker of the house maybe, or, you know, whatever. But I think citizen means a lot of things and people can decide what that means. And Pam, you were going to throw something into this particular pot, I believe. Oh, well, I was going to jump in about um, how the arts can um, create sort of an easy way into those discussions about citizenry and topics and issues. You know, we're going to have this on our YouTube channel. So all you have to do is click and you can see it without paying. You don't have to pay, go through Mm -hmm. a portal And then you have this um, platform, this springboard, Mm -hmm. this sort of ground in which you can engage in discussion. You can reflect on your own work. So we're really that's that's our work here is what is the bridge between the arts and the healthcare? You know, the healthcare professionals are busy being healthcare professionals and and yet I know that the arts can help uplift them and, and create this engagement. Um, other people who aren't healthcare professionals, they can watch the film and be inspired and want to know more about nursing. Everybody that we've contacted about the film says, oh, I'm going to send this to my cousin. She's a nurse. Oh, yeah, my mother was a nurse. And, you know, everybody knows nurses. So it's, it's a way to bridge the gap also between the general population and the nursing world, because it's so easy to watch a musical, you know, just click Click right. the link. <laughs> right. And on your website, heartshealtharts.org, it says that your history is that it was created in 2017 to bring expressive arts to communities by connecting to the field of health humanities, also known as healthcare and the arts or medicine and the arts. And it's a growing field of research and scholarship, etc. And I think interest in terms of bridging the humanities and arts. And I, I mean, humanities, arts, and medicine, and nursing, etc. And I've spoken on this podcast and written a fair amount about what I call nurse polymathism, that there's a lot of nurses out there who are like Kate, Kate Thompson, who are they do expressive arts, they're dancers, they're writers, they're authors, filmmakers, poets, painters, right, Kate? And we we are more than what we appear. And I believe that in nursing education, the arts and humanities often get, they don't even get ignored. I mean, they're not even on the table. I mean, they're just like in the dust, right? You took a psych class, you took an English class to fulfill your bachelor's, you know, but there are a lot of nurses out there and I talk to many who I believe are polymaths, who are creatives, who want to do really interesting things, whether it's arts or it's racial justice or whatever. Right. So Kate, this is an opportunity, right. For nurses to get in touch with that, what I call polymathism, where you're more than simply a medical provider. You might have a lot more underneath there than most people might realize. Is that right? 
Yes, I, you're so you're so absolutely right, Keith. And I, again, you know that nurses are tired; they don't have a lot of energy at the end of the day. I know for me and my profession, I, you know, I did a few things. I asked. I said, "Can I do this? Mm-hmm. Can I have an? Can I start an art cart for the staff?" Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was basically doing team building because we wrote cards for different teams and different things and and um, and then created some art installations with the values that we were bringing because we weren't being seen. But here's this piece that we could show who we were. So every time you walked by, you saw it and everybody had a small piece um, that was down to size at their desk. And that's part of your love of storytelling. Right. Well, and also my love of of arts and nursing, and oh, okay. and you know finding ways to uh, facilitate arts is because it's arts dis- can disrupt. Mm-hmm. It's like we and the citizen, you know, needs to disrupt the status quo. So it's like, how can you do it with any of your arts, whether it's singing on lunch hours or, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, writing group poems on a bulletin board that you're using and some other themes, anything you can do to continue to um, find your voice. Find your own specific voice and, uh, you know, just that reminder of for myself, for my colleagues, and also for my profession. How do I keep my eye? It's like people talked in business where people, planet, and pro- and, and uh, profit. It's like nursing, self, my, my immediate discipline, and then my field of nursing. How do I continue to give back? And we have to think out of the box. We do. And I love how you brought in people, planet, profit, because some people refer to that as the triple bottom line, where we can look at all three things. And many people do believe, many nurses and physicians and others I've spoken to, that healthcare can do that, that it's possible, that we don't have to just look at profit. We can also look at people and planet, but we know how that goes. So we have to be advocates to actually make that happen. So Pam, it sounds like, you know, your work and the website and the what you're trying to bring into the conversation here has a lot to do with that. Yes. And I, I wanted to say, too, that the term health humanities refers to health of all society. It's not limited to the healthcare arena, the healthcare institutions. We're talking about health. Are the people happy? Is there well-being amongst the, the citizens? And so um, I know that arts have that power to, to reach the health in a bigger word. Uh, the Johnson, um, uh, Robert Johnson uh, Foundation, they call it culture of health. How do we create culture a of culture of health? Meaning, and this is something that many nurses understand, that it's all holistic. It's all connected. And if you're not getting enough to eat, you're, you know, you're not a happy person and it's all related to the institutions. I mean, it's, it's, it's all just such a complicated web, but we're looking at health in the biggest sense, not just health care. Right. And we've all heard the term gross domestic product, the GDP and the, the measure of a nation is often its GDP, right? The, the gross amount of 
goods and services and whatever that we generate over the course of a year, I guess. But then there's also that notion of gross domestic happiness, which I believe was instituted in, I don't remember what country in Asia, but I know that was a thing, you know, gross domestic happiness and that there was an attempt to measure that, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the culture of health, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 just because the arts touch you in a different way, they mm-hmm. they reach into a part of yourself and we can try to talk about it and use words to explain it, but really it's beyond explaining. You know, creativity touches us in so many deep ways. We can't even say, but you could feel a piece of music. And I hope that in the film that I've created the feelings of each scene so that it would touch you and, and, and you, something you could relate to. Well, thanks for bringing us back around from that more esoteric conversation <laughs> to back to the film. And why don't you set us up, Pam, for the second clip? which is the song Kiss Her Shadow. And could you tell us a little bit about that and what you feel the the deeper meaning is of this particular song and why it's important to you? Yes. So during the Crimean War, Florence Nightingale would walk the corridors of the hospital. It was some four miles, but she would go every night with her lamp you know, that's a true story. The the lamp, she, right? That's a true story. And the soldiers were so touched by it. Many wrote letters home. And mm-hmm. one letter by a soldier to his mother or his family said, and, you know, but she, I could kiss her shadow as she walked by. And that, that brought him the comfort. So that letter was published in the London Times. It became famous. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow then became inspired by that, and he included the line about kissing her shadow in his poem about Florence Nightingale, which is called Santa Philomena. Mm. And so the whole kiss her shadow image was a part of her mythos that where she, how she became famous, this image of the lady with the lamp. But it was also a true story that her nurturing, lovely feminine presence really did bring comfort to those wounded and sick soldiers. So to me, this is really, this song and scene is at the heart of the entire film because I see her as a representative of the goddess. She is the nurturing goddess. She is the one who brings comfort uh, to the afflicted. And Mm -hmm. so that's what the soldiers are singing about. as she comes through with her lamp. Hmm. Well, thanks for setting us up for that. And let's take a break to hear this clip from Kiss Her Shadow from the musical Nightingale. Shadow as she passes by 
lay down on my pillow and then my heart mends. Late at night I'm in the dark and in pain when the door to heaven opens and I see her again moving in that light her feminine form casts a shadow that can heal this war her presence is a comfort and I kiss her shadow as she passes by lay down on my pillow and then I knew was all the fighting and the blood was for For the honor of battle and national pride I never thought I'd die Yet in my darkest misery I am gladdened by this vision of her watching me She's my lover, she's my mother, my beloved, my heart She's an angel from a lovely star And when I'm feeling sad and alone I kiss a shadow and then I'm home Now my soul can rest in peace My She's my mother, my beloved, my heart She's an angel from a lovely star And when I'm feeling sad and alone I kiss a shadow and then I'm home Now my soul can rest in peace My heart's at this moment of her grace, I kiss the shadow of a beautiful face. down to my heart. All right. Well, that's beautiful. And I have watched that uh, clip that you sent me several times. And I wanted to ask about 
Well, there's been a lot of conversation about how arts are created during a pandemic. And how did you all create the film during the course of COVID-19? I know there's been lots of different ways to approach this. How did you do it? Oh, it was insane. (laughs) Do tell. It was. uh, So we had, we were doing all of our work, our rehearsals on Zoom. And, but we kept hoping that things would calm down about the pandemic and we could still put the cast on a stage together at the same time and film them doing the play, even without an audience. Well, by the time we got to that point in our process, it was clear we could not. And so we ultimately agreed with the cast that they would film themselves individually, remotely. So every single one of the 11 actors filmed him or herself at their home, or we also set up a small studio space for them with a green screen. So there we were driving around to their houses and bringing them their boxes of props. And here's your green screen. And we used the same camera. So here's your camera. Here's the instructions. So they had to turn on the camera. And then while they're filming, they had to have another, uh, like a laptop next to them so that the director and the stage manager and the um, filmmaker could be on Zoom directing their filming. So the the stage manager is on Zoom telling, reading the other lines. Mm -hmm. And so the actor could respond in the right timing to the lines. Uh, It was insane. It was a miracle Mm. how, how well it was done. And then we did the same thing for the music. We had every actor come into the music studio one at a time, record, be directed by Zoom while they're recording all the songs. So everything's being edited by our genius creative team and it's coming out so amazingly well. It's, it's, it's just a miracle how, how we could put all of that together. And Amazing. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. I just heard an interview on um, Sanjay Gupta's coronavirus podcast about Tyler Perry and how he created an entire bubble for, I don't know, weeks and weeks where people were brought in and stayed in the bubble to make films and TV shows and the amount of money and resources it took to do that. So obviously you could not pull a Tyler Perry. So you made... You, you utilize the technology at your, at your um, disposal to be able to do this yourselves on a, on a low budget. And it's yeah. pretty amazing what you did. And I think it really deserves a lot of accolades for, for that, <laughs> for pulling it off. And, <laughs> yeah. and Kate, how were you involved during this period, you know, during the, this insane period of trying to create a film during, <laughs> during a pandemic? Well, not basically. I, I really wasn't okay. involved support I'm a supportive role as a board member, uh, and, right. uh, and, and, and supportive role as a friend and, or an ear. Uh, so basically not and fundraising, helping doing some fundraising. That's pretty important. Yes. Did you call Tyler Perry? No. No, damn. No, <laughs> Tyler, if you're listening, <laughs> and, and and I will say too that they, they obtain these beautiful uh, historical images, 
and so it they and they're so perfectly glued into the to the to the screen that you're while you're watching you you almost could not tell that this was uh, you know on, on a green screen and and uh, but it's 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 heroic mm. the work they did yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I wanted to mention that too about the images so. Um, We've collected um, numerous historical images like photos and paintings and maps and sketches and incorporated them into the film. So it's really special, too, because it creates the film is a historical Mm. document of the entire era. And uh, that's been a a really neat piece of it, too. I'm excited about. Oh, that's exciting. And. When the film comes out in the summer of 2021, and we'll make sure everybody knows about it in the Nurse Keith ecosystem um, and beyond, um, when the film comes out, what are you hoping is going to happen? Are there going to be ways for people to talk about it together? Do you con- do you picture some sort of continuing education component? Maybe nursing schools could get involved. What are you hoping could grow from the release of the film? I'll start that. And then, Kate, I'd like you to jump in after me. Um, So we have a lot of ideas about creating such um, things that are easy to access, such as on our website, a discussion guide. You could work with your team of nurses, watch the film together and have a discussion group. We also would like to offer opportunities for nurses um, to have an expressive arts response to the film. Maybe that's, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of ways that you can participate in a, in a expressive arts um, response to the film. Uh, we've always seen this as an opportunity for nursing schools, nursing staffs at say a hospital or an institution uh, not only to celebrate them, but also to come together and um, meet together uh, with some kind of response. I also think it would be an awesome way for um, an institution to gather donors, you know, bring bring the Nightingale film as a way to bring the donors in. Um, Kate, what else do you think we might be able to offer on our hearts uh, for expressive responses? Well, I. You know, I want. I will say that you know, there's. When I think about expressive arts, basically, to me, what expressive arts is is that you start with a question or a theme, and then you create one piece of art, whether it's a poem, or a song, or a dance, or it's a visual arts, and then you take that same piece and you take it to the next level. So, if it's a piece of art, then you write about it. If it's if it's a if, it, if it's something you've written, then you dance it. So you actually keep incorporating. And there are several of us on the board that work in the arts, and you know we've we've talked about some things that we want to do. And um, one of the nurses, I mean, one of the um, one of the opportunities would be a story forums. So and we can also use potentially some playback theater uh, or some other improvisational. Forms that can go along with that, and um, the other one of our board members is um, as a dean of a nursing school, and she's talking about doing uh, 
some kind of an offering that will offer CEUs. And I think we also, Pam and I have discussed this about asking people that maybe even hear the show, that if they're interested in doing a post-film offering in their institution or more broadly, and, and that we can help them, you know, do that together, then to contact us through our website. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. And I would love to see co- collaboration between your group and the, the film organization with individuals and organizations like Dr. Barbie Dossie, who's a Nightingale scholar. She lives here in Santa Fe. She's a friend of mine. And she's the international co-director of the Nightingale Initiative for Global Health. So I would hope there's a way to synergistically work with Nightingale scholars, of whom our Dr. Dossie is one of the one of the leading scholars, who could bring bring this all together in a way to to offer the film and what could come of the film as a way for especially younger nurses and nursing students to kind of get it and earn nursing credits for it, continuing education credits, and somehow bring it into education a little more deeply rather than, you know, she was this cool lady who did this great stuff and, you know, created, you know, biostatistics. I mean, there's a lot more to the story than that. So yeah, it's history. It's an important part of healthcare history that's getting missing from nursing schools. They don't have time to offer a whole history of nursing class. You might get a little bit in your intro to class. And so we also want to raise up history as a how do we learn from history? How do we know who we are and where we're going? We need to know where we've come from, and that's important. And also what's important in the film, in the in the musical, is you see the issues that Nightingale uh, struggled with are still going on today. She was facing bureaucracy and how inefficient that is, uh, hierarchy, and how the, those under at the bottom uh, mm-hmm. were, did, had no voice. She was facing sexism. Mm-hmm. She was facing sort of the... Um, uh, what's the word? A, a disbelief in science, really, because oh, yes. at the time, we don't know uh, anything about that now. No, as <laughs> at the time, they did not have the germ theory developed yet, mm-hmm. uh, and so she was all about uh, cleaning, cleaning hands, cleaning surfaces, cleaning sh- clothes, and the you know there were many of in that she react was was in relationship with her. It was like nah doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? who thunk it? I mean, there are people saying the same thing right now. I don't get me started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are people out there I hear who say that the germ theory doesn't exist. So, you know, Nightingale's work continues and you all are continuing it. And, you know, the, the trailer will be in the show notes, a link to heartshealtharts.org will be in the show notes and the Facebook page. And, Kate, if people want to find you, where do they find you personally? They can go to my website at beingkatebeing.com. Right. And that's Kate, K-A-T-E. Uh-huh. And it's being right. as in human being. Yeah. We'll have your uh, Facebook page and your LinkedIn as well. Excellent. So we'll have all the links there. We'll have the embedded trailer for people to watch, and then people can just keep their eyes open for what will happen over the course of summer 2021. So 
Yes. If they'd like to be on our, our mailing list, email mailing list, they could certainly contact us at our through our website. Through the website. Okay. We'll make sure people know about that too. So thank you both so much. Kate Thompson and Pamela Gerke, you're all amazing. And thank you for bringing this very important work to the world. And Kate, you had one more thing you wanted to mention to us? Well, and that's just when you do see the trailer, which is coming out here during Nurses Week 2021, Mm -hmm. make sure that you subscribe to our um, YouTube channel because it will, the film will be free on YouTube in the summer. And that way you'll get a notification that it's, that it's coming, especially if you check notifications. And of course, like it and make comments and uh, look at our social media as well. Great. Okay. Well, thank you both so much. This has really been wonderful. And we will um, have you back to talk about the film maybe next year and what the impact's been. So thank you again for being here with us. Thank you, Keith. Thank Thank you so much, Keith. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this special bonus Nurses Week celebration episode of the Nurse Keith Show. In the show notes, please find them at nursekeith.com forward slash the word nightingale. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. And I encourage you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction. And if you need personalized holistic career coaching, look no further than Nurse Keith Coaching and nursekeith.com. Mention the show or the Nightingale film and you'll get a 10% discount on your first coaching package. And again, please consider becoming a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith. Remember, I'm asking for 100 listeners who value the show to pledge $2 a month. So please head over there and do me the honor of becoming a patron. The Nurse Keith Show is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com, one of the largest and fastest growing collections of authoritative, high quality podcasts taking on the tough topics in health and healthcare with empathy, expertise, and excellence. Speaking of excellence and expertise, the Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting, and Mark Cappy Spiesen is our stalwart social media ringmaster. I'm grateful to both Rob and Mark for keeping those wheels turning in the right direction. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. Pamela Gurky saying see you later from Seattle. And Kate Thompson, bidding you adieu from Duwamish Land, Seattle, Washington. All right. Thank you both so much. And we will catch everyone on the flip side.